go with it and see how it works. And then okay. if it sucks, then I won't have an episode next week. Sucks for all y'all that want to hear me burp in your ear, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. You're listening to True Crime Salt Online Podcast. I am here kind of on my own. Melanie can't be here to record with me this week, but I didn't want to skip out on a week seeing as you guys have only had two episodes. So I am bringing in my friend from work, Kaylee. Hi, everybody. So we're actually recording at work in the conference room, which is weird, but that's fine. (laughs) Because we're recording at work and Kaylee is my coworker, I thought it would be fun to cover a workplace murder, AKA a rampage murder, which sounds cooler. So I'm going to be covering the Goleta Postal Facility shootings, which is uh, essentially it was a spree killing by Jennifer San Marco, committed on January 30th of 2006. Kaylee's a poop, and she looked it up before I was able to tell her anything about it, so... I just couldn't handle the suspense. I had to know. Brace yourselves for little to no commentary. All right, most of my stuff came from CBS, a CBS News article, and or Wikipedia, because classy. Wikipedia is the best. Yes, and not made up at all. It knows everything. Um, all right, it's like the Google. I'll give you a little bit of background on Miss Jennifer San Marco, a.k.a. Crazy Pants. So before she became a postal worker, um, San Marco actually worked in the Santa Barbara Police Dispatching Office. That's not a thing. She worked as a Santa Barbara police dispatcher in the mid-90s, so like when I was a toddler. So she worked for a police department, and then she ended up killing a bunch of people. So here's what's crazy about that. In order to become a police dispatcher, you have to... Did you just burp? I sure did. Girl, I belched into everyone's ears last week. I know, and it was hysterical. (laughs) Where was I? Okay, so in order to be a police dispatcher in the mid-90s and or today, you have to pass extensive background checks and like a super like rigorous psychological exam because it's super intense work needed for the job. Like it's not by any means easy to be a police dispatcher. You're not dealing with the people we deal with on a regular basis. You're dealing with people who are 100% in crisis 100% of the time. Interesting. Car accidents, stabbing shootings, I mean, when you call the police, you're not calling because you just want to chat. Very true. So, I mean, it's super intense work. No red flags were ever raised on her. She passed with flying colors, all of her examinations and everything. Nothing seemed wrong, but after only a few months, she did leave the position. However, that's not super uncommon in a position with high stress like that. The turnover rate for police dispatchers is outrageous. I I completely can follow that and understand that yeah because I couldn't even imagine going to work every day to answer phone calls involving oh my god my girlfriend was just shot or oh my god I was just robbed and stabbed or you have to deal with kids like rape cases or kids missing or I mean you think about the dramatic things that happen I could I mean that's literally your day all day every day That might turn me into a psychopath, too. (laughs) Well, apparently it did for her. (laughs) The police who worked with her in Santa Barbara did, like, make it very clear that at no point during her training at Santa Barbara was there any sort of weapons training. So she didn't learn how to shoot a gun from the Santa Barbara Police Department. 
Well, yeah, why would you need to learn how to shoot a gun if you're just answering Well, you problems? wouldn't, but when you think about in, in today's society as well as back in 2006, I mean, guns are evil. Yes. Well, so, I people mean, that own guns are evil. Yeah. <laughs> Says Kaylee, the gun owner. Yes. Um, <laughs> and very proud of that. <laughs> so, but when you think about it, if you think guns are evil, blah, 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 the police are really covering their ass. They're like, no, 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 we had nothing to do with the fact that she flew off the rails and decided to use a handgun later. Fair point. So they aren't liable for anything that Basically, she did. Basically, they're just saying, like, she was fine when she worked with us. We didn't teach her how to hold a gun, so none of this is on us. They didn't employ her thinking she was going to go turn into a crazy nutbag. Yeah, well, you can't. You also can't tell, I mean, in a job interview, well, with some people you can. I remember once upon a time a co-worker that I used to have. Here? Um, yes. He's crazy. Psycho Cindy. <laughs> um, that one was a little bit different. I could tell right off of the bat that she was not, not all there in her head. Yeah, and just the look she had in her eyes. But unless they are a very, very, very special kind of crazy, you wouldn't be able to tell in a job interview yeah, but Kaylee, that in X amount of years from Kaylee, now they're going to lose their shit We did not have somebody. to take a psychological exam to be a customer service rep here. Fair point. <laughs> very fair point. All right. Well, to pass, despite passing all of her testing and everything with flying colors, Acquaintances around the area still said she would make blatant racist comments, and a former postal plant worker with her remembers that she was particularly hostile towards those of Asian descent. So basically, she was a white girl that only liked white people. Murka. <laughs> Murka at its finest. It is important to note that every single one of her victims was a minority. Imagine that. All of her victims. So of her victims, three were black, one was Chinese, one was Hispanic, and one was Filipino. She did not shoot a single white person. So uh, she was clearly racist. She was, oh, we'll get into this. We'll deep dive into this a little more later. Okay. She was employed with the postal facility, and during her career with them, she did start to display signs of pretty serious psychological problems. So how long was she with the Postal Service? Do we know that? She was with the Postal Service for a while because that was the job she took after leaving the Santa Barbara Police Dispatcher as a, as a dispatcher. I mean, she was only there for a few, like several months as a dispatcher. Okay. So she, I mean, it was a pretty quick turnaround. She wasn't, from my research, she was never like unemployed for an extensive okay. period so of time. So it's not like she got this job and then two months later lost her shit and killed all of her minority coworkers. No, she was showing signs of psychological problems with her during her career. During, in 2003, while she was employed there, she was actually, people remember this, was pulled away by sheriff's deputies out from under a mail sorting machine and she wouldn't walk, so she was in handcuffs and they wheeled her out on a mail cart. Why was she under the machine? She freaked out after some sort of, it was not described, but they just called it a disturbance. Had some sort of like break, was underneath the mail machine and the sheriff's deputies were called because everybody was like, what the fuck this lady cray? And they handcuffed her, placed her on a, you know the wheelie mail carts that yes. you see like? On TV, she was on one of, they put her on one of those to wheel her out of the building. You Imagine would, You would think that at that point in time, her bosses would, I don't know. Say something or be like, choose, she nuts? Choose to 
um, let her never come back. Well, so you can't fire somebody for a psychological. It's a mental. So mental issues are considered medical problems. So like you can't get fired because your knees fucked up. She can't get fired because she's crazy yeah, enough. But to isn't isn't there a difference though between I mean getting fired for an obvious medical problem or getting fired for causing like severe workplace disturbance? Things well, like something that. like that. So it was a severe workplace disturbance that only happened once. Oh, okay. So um, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't like an all the time, everyday thing. She was just a little crazy. Like people just like thought she was weird. And progressively over time, it got worse and worse, which happens with mental illness. Like you have a break, and then all of a sudden, it's like a waterfall. All right, where the fuck were we? Yes, the wheelie cart. We were at the wheelie cart. Okay, so after all of that happened, she just like disappeared. Like never showed back up for work. Like ever again. Well, several months later, she showed back up. She's wheeled away in a wheelie cart, acting like a bag of nuts. Never comes back. (laughs) Does she have any friends or anything that knew what was going on? No, I couldn't find anything on friends. I couldn't find anything on family members. Except one. at one point later in life, she was seen like kneeling outside of her vehicle, talking to herself. And she told somebody that she was talking to her brother and her sister and that they had to kneel and pray before they got into the vehicle beats me i don't know i that's not me (laughs) so she was legit not so crazy pants yeah schizophrenia would probably schizophrenia or psychosis i mean i know that there's all kinds of mental illnesses that it could be i mean the curious part of me just wants to you know figure out diagnose what kind, her. Yeah, diagnose Nobody, her. no psycholo- psychologist? Psychologist? Those. <laughs> no, none of those have ever made any sort of like statement of she had this. Okay. Probably because they never sat down and talked to her. She, w- she was briefly institutionalized in 2001, but there is little to no information surrounding that institutionalization. That's not a word. I don't think so. That thing. But it is now. <laughs> And so, if you're thinking 2001, this whole thing didn't happen until 2003. So it was two years prior to this incident that she was hospitalized, we'll say. Okay. So several months after the wheelie cart incident, um, she returns to work, but was acting even more erratically. You want to know what she was doing? (laughs) So I have a question, first of all. So So she gets gets wheeled away, disappears for for a few months, and then just shows back up to work like nothing happened. I don't know. It's California. It's a huge place. Like the, it's a like a sorting facility. Like it's oh, okay. not a small building. Like it's not like a twenty employee building. Like there's, I think they said something like three hundred or something employees oh, wow. at this location. Okay. Ugh, God damn it! I knew I was gonna burp. <laughs> but so she just like shows back up, and I think because it was a medical thing, they oh, just kind okay. of like let her. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay, so I don't know. It is doing? a government. It is a government job though too. Keep that in mind. The U.S. Postal Service is, is government. Is government. So what was she doing when so, Crazy Pants came back to work? She was at work screaming, making blatant racist comments, having conversations with herself, and then going outside on breaks and singing loudly so nobody could have a conversation. Interesting. <laughs> Which means next time you go out and smoke, I'm going to go out there and just sing real fucking loud. That is very strange. And this didn't throw up, like, any major red flags for Well, anybody. her co-workers were, well, the co-workers that would, like, go on breaks were fucking pissed that she oh, was I doing this. I imagine. I would lose and my then, shit if somebody did that to then, me. Then, I mean, other co-workers obviously noticed that she was, like, 
having conversations with herself and just being Which crazy. Is, yeah, very erratic um, behavior. So after all of this happens, for I think it went on for a couple weeks. Wow, um, every day for a couple of weeks. Yeah, so finally she was escorted out of the building by management to never return, obviously. With that, though, they didn't say they fired her. They put her on an indefinite medical leave oh, okay. because coworkers actually expressed concerns that she would hurt herself. Okay. So she was put on essentially a long-term medical leave, like disability. If so she, was, she was still getting a paycheck? Yes. Okay. I think so. I don't know how that works with the government. Okay. So in 2004, so just one year later, she moved to New Mexico. So she, like, up and just left. California. Okay. Um, acquaintances there described her behavior as increasingly bizarre. Shocker. Um, but other people, like her landlord, said that she always paid her bills on time. She was nothing but polite. She was just, she'd have conversations with herself sometimes. Like she was crazy, but he was under the impression she was like a controlled crazy. Like she was on medication. Like she was like, help. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Like a cat lady. Yeah, minus, well, minus I guess she could have had cats in her head. So. Nobody really reported her. They just thought she was kind of weird. Okay. So police in New Mexico did end up getting contacted twice about her. Once after she was harassing a coworker, and the second time she showed up to a gas station straight in her birthday suit. She was buck fucking naked and just showed wow. up to this gas station. Was she singing really loudly? No, she just she just showed up naked. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> clothes were just not appealing to her that day. She was also, I guess a wannabe entrepreneur. <laughs> um, she applied for a business license to start a publication that she called the Racist Press that she wanted to launch. Wow. Obviously, that good, was denied. Good luck with that. That was denied. Even 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> good luck publishing something like that. <laughs> so that was obviously denied by whoever in New Mexico. And for good reason. Um, and then she also later tried to register a cat food business, which was also denied. See? Cats. <laughs> crazy cat lady. Cats could have been in her head. Imaginary cat food business? Yeah. <laughs> she'd come into the, uh, she'd come into meetings for the business licenses, like where they're all, like, located. Um, and at times she would argue with herself or she would, like, create a scene. And other times she would come in and she would just sit and stare at one employee in particular. Which the same employee every time? Yeah, would give me the heaps. Was it a minority employee? Or was I don't it a know. White I didn't hear anything. It was a woman. Okay. She, yeah, would just blankly stare at this employee. Talk about uncomfortable. <laughs> Which would just be horrific. I don't think I'd return to work. So between 2003 and 2006. Okay. So this is three years after she's escorted out of the postal facility. And she's still, I imagine, on disability or medical leave. Or something or another. Okay. Um, so she doesn't really have a job then. I think she worked like a series of odd jobs. Nothing crazy. She did not have a career by any okay. means. Well, she, she had to have been doing something unless she was receiving disability checks from... The government. Yeah, and I couldn't because tell. Because she was Because I, I don't know if you get medical disability checks for mental illness. I don't know. We'll have to We'll have to find out. Maybe, though. Because if you're chronically mentally ill. And you can't work, that would make sense, especially if you had a government But at position. that point, you would have to be a ward of the state. Like, you'd be committed, I feel okay. like. Well, right? it was obvious she was getting money from somewhere, be it disability checks or had those a odd job. jobs. I mean, if maybe her... she worked at Wendy's. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, but... if her landlord said that she was always on time, you know, Yeah, she her paid her bills on time. So she had to have some sort of income 
but I don't think the government subsidizes for mental illness. I really don't know though. Um, let, let me let me ask the Google. Wow, how many questions are you asking the Google? One mental illness benefits. So they do get benefits. They do get benefits. For mental disorders. Yes. Okay, so maybe she had something like that going on then. Okay, anyway. Um, so in 2000, what? You get social security disability. Oh. As oh, this says. Shit, there's a ton of stuff. What mental health symptoms get you approved for social security disability? I wonder if that question was asked by somebody trying to fake a mental illness. I didn't know that. Yeah. But anyway. So in 2006, um, San Marco came back to California three years after she was let go from the postal facility. She and she had moved away, I imagine started some kind of new life. In New Mexico of all places. Like she's not anywhere, she, it's not like she like moved, moved to a different city. Like she didn't move to Nevada, she moved to New Mexico. She's like a few states away. Yeah. She comes back and mm -hmm. reportedly, there's a connection, but it's not for sure confirmed. Um, she shot her neighbor, Beverly Graham, who was 54 in her home. So her old neighbor from when she lived there previously? Precisely. So she leaves the state for three years, comes back randomly, and just shows up at her old neighbor's house pop, and pop. shoots her. Yep. Wow. Okay, so this apparently happened the day before she goes on this like rampage. So okay. she killed somebody, slept it off, and then was like, you know what? That felt good. Let's go murder some more peeps. Um, Talk about holding a grudge. <laughs> well. I want to know what her neighbor did to her, though. Nothing. Her neighbor was a minority, though. Okay, I missed that part. Wow. So she then drove to the postal facility she used to work at. This is like 9 o'clock at night, but apparently the postal facility works like... Well, if it's a sorting center, I would imagine it. It's like, like 24 hour. hour. You just work a graveyard or not, but whatever. Um, so she... Drives to the postal facility and gains entrance into the parking lot because, as you can imagine, they're gated. Like, yes. it's like, uh, I think they're gated just at, like, normal post offices, too. They are back where, like, the mail trucks park yeah, and everything. Yeah, so it's gated like that. So she gets into the parking lot by tailing the car that's in front of her. So, so she can just, like, in. sneak in. And you would think that the car in front of her would have been like, hey, you need to leave. Why are you sneaking in behind me? I probably would have been like, this lady's crazy. I'm just going to sit in my car and see what she does next. Yeah, you're also like a true crime like, <laughs> fanatic, though. So you would expect something like I'm not going to be one of these bitches' victims. No. <laughs> so she tails the car in front of her. In the parking lot, she shoots and kills Z Fairchild and holds another worker at gunpoint until the worker relinquished their badge to get into the building. Wow. The worker that gave her the badge left unharmed. Maybe she I was white. I assume that she was white. I have no idea. She slash Because if she or he was a minority. I bet you she'd be popped. But whatever. Also, I don't understand why she shot and killed Z Fairchild and just didn't take her ID. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But I guess she clearly was, was not, not all thinking there. straight. Yeah. Um, Even if she was thinking straight, I mean, she clearly has a severe mental problem. Yeah. So she gets the badge to get into the building. Bad news bears. So she enters the building and immediately shoots and kills 28 year old. Malika Higgins at point blank range. Malika was, as I said, 28, a brand new wife and had just returned from maternity leave. That is heartbreaking. Her, her, she was only working for a month before her death. That is so sad. So she left behind her husband and a brand new baby. Moving further into the building, 
San Marco shoots and kills Nicola Grant, a married mother of two. She was 42. After hearing the gunshots, several employees working in other areas of building ran to look through the window. So I imagine it's kind of blocked off, like sectioned off. So they ran to the windows to see what was going on. And Jennifer turns to the workers, looks at them and smiles and continues on her way. This is something from your nightmare. This is the kind of shit that only happens in movies. You have not blinked. Like (laughs) that, I mean, I can, I can just picture I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable. This freaking (laughs) psychotic woman with a gun that just makes my butthole pucker up a little bit. (laughs) Gross. Butt chills. Please edit that out. I will not. (laughs) I will never. Um, Yeah, so after Creepy Smile, um, she walks further into the complex, shoots Supervisor Charlotte Colton, who was 44. An uninjured worker saw this happen. Charlotte was still alive and drug Charlotte into a different room. This person is a hero. Unfortunately, due to the gunshots, Charlotte did succumb to her injuries two days later. So she did ultimately die from the injuries. Continuing to her old workstation, she encounters 52-year-old Guadalupe Swartz, who was just getting back into the swing of her life after losing her husband three years earlier to cancer. She rapid fires four shots into Guadalupe, killing her. Continuing on, she walks up behind 57-year-old Dexter Shannon, the only male victim, a former Air Force veteran of the Vietnam War who was working with his headphones on and didn't hear a single gunshot or hear her coming and shoots him in the back of the head at point blank range. Which, by the way, how loud does your music have to be? To you do not, not hear a gunshot. That. Well, it depends on what kind of headphones he had, too. If they were good, like, noise-canceling headphones, which, granted, I mean, 15 years ago, were nowhere near as good well, as they are Well, then part of me, now. I'm like, maybe he was partially deaf. Yeah, if he was older, I mean... Plus, he was only 57. <clears throat> well, I would imagine that working in a male sorting facility with the sound of machines and things like that... I guess that's it's true. It's not, you know, it's going to be kind of loud in there. Yeah, so he missed, apparently, all of the chaos and was just shot at point-blank range. Which, on the plus side, like, Guadalupe saw her coming... Yeah, if I was going to be a victim of something like that, Dexter, like, had no idea it was coming. Like, he just got popped in the back of the head, and it was all over. Um, For as horrible as this is... That's the way you'd want to go. That is the way that if I was involved in something like that, if I was a victim of something like that, I wouldn't want to see or hear it before it happened. Right. Because I would not want my last thoughts being terrified, scared... I'm going to die today. Yeah. I wouldn't want to have that thought. He left behind some baby grandchildren. So sad. Then San Marco turns the gun on herself and the whole thing ends. Which fucking pisses me off because she did not get what she deserved, in my opinion. Not even close. So my question is with all of this, did she know any of these people or was it just their skin color? It's rumored that she knew who they were. Um, I would imagine she knew most of them i don't know for sure about guadalupe because guadalupe was working at her old station okay you know what i'm saying um but also i mean if you think it was it's this is three three years years after so the youngest one malika may not have even i mean she was 28 when she died so she was 25 when when san marco left so I don't know that she was necessarily, I mean, at 25, do you start a career at the postal facility? I don't know about at the postal facility, but I started here at my current job at the age of 24, and I've been here for almost five years. 
Yeah, I guess. Whatever. But yeah, so I don't think she got what she deserved. I think she deserved to be, I don't know, like strung up by her toenails, but. Oh, she deserved worse than that. Whatever. I mean, but also she is a little bit of a victim herself, not to like. Play devil's advocate. Play devil's advocate. But she is, I mean, she was suffering and really, I mean, at some point there should have been some sort of ultimate intervention with her and she should have probably been committed she should have been so that's where i'm kind of curious so after her first mental break at the postal facility when they had to wheel her out in a mail cart why wouldn't anyone for that matter have been like hey look she needs to be on some sort of her evaluated so we can get this under control and she can maybe try to live some kind of normal life and for all we know she did get some sort of (laughs) psychological evaluation i don't know if she was on a mandatory hold that um, could have been why she disappeared for a couple of months, maybe. Well, it, you would have found it if she would have been. Put but here's back the thing: in the is if she disappeared for a couple months and she was institutionalized, based upon her behaviors after coming back, she would never have been released because her hold would not have been a voluntary one. That's very because if you she if you have... go into an institution, you can voluntarily commit yourself, but you are if the doctor deems it necessary you will be involuntarily held okay after all this happened obviously they went through her house back in new mexico okay they found a bunch of like notes and drawings and stuff so it was a believed that the attack was spurred by a belief that jennifer san marco was the target of a conspiracy that all of the workers at the postal facility were participating in so because of her mental illness she thought that everybody was basically out to get her out to get her so she goes in and only kills five people at the postal there were six eight people. eight people died including her and her neighbor so she okay. killed six people at the post office so she thought that everybody was conspiring against her but she only kills six people there i don't know depending on what kind of gun she had i bet that's all the bullets nine that millimeter nine millimeter because I, i'm not exactly sure how many bullets a nine millimeter clip can hold but she put, so there's eight people that died. So that's eight bullets, and one of them was shot four times. So that's 12 bullets. That's the full clip. So that's probably why. So she was crazy, but she, knew she how to do was math. together enough to be able to make sure she had one bullet left for herself. I don't know. This bitch nuts. Well, that's all I have for you. You're welcome. Thanks. Welcome. Let's hope that nothing like that ever happens here. Wow. Jesus H. We don't have any psychotic employees. I know each one of them more than just a first name basis. We have all been employed here for quite a long time. Let's hope we don't have any psychotic yeah, employees. Yeah, there you go. There it is. We have had them in the past. <laughs> we have, for sure. Um, all right. That's the story. So thanks to Kaylee for being my guest. What? And thank you for having me. Um... Thanks, everybody, and make sure that you tune in to... True crime, salt and lime in the future. Yes, it's we're gonna be epic. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Codbean. You can email us true crime salt lime pod at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Instagram, true crime salt lime pod. True crime salt lime. I can't remember now. We're on Instagram. Look us up. And that's all we have for you. So I will catch y'all next week. Thanks. Bye.